Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this place. I talk about the many different things that go on in my stay at home dad life. Things with my kids, my wife, my family, being a better father and a better husband, men's mental and physical wellness. I also talk about parenting struggles, success stories as well. I also talk about and get into parenting tips, life tips, things like that, that I have and that I find online or in my daily life. And lastly, things that just pop into my head, things I find interesting or noteworthy. I come on here and I share with you because I think you may find them interesting as well. But anyways, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for sitting in with me. I really do appreciate it. So on today's show, I'm going to get into something that I have talked about a few times in the past, and that's stress. You know I like to talk about stress. Apparently I've done a few episodes on it, but stress is all around us. It's it's everywhere in our daily lives. If you have kids, stress. If you have a job, stress. There's just life stress as well, and just, I don't know, it's all over the place. But something that I also want to get into is inflammation, and they kind of go... I think hand in hand, at least that's kind of what I'm understanding. I came across this article that kind of got me thinking about all this stuff. And they talk about inflammation being the, quote, number one pandemic of our times. And that inflammation is the culprit to things like stress, anxiety, chronic disease, and many other things. So I'm not necessarily sure how I feel about all of that, like their blanket statement there. But it kind of made me want to dig deeper and see what we can learn about it and especially see what we can do about it right but first I want to complain you know me I kind of like to complain and plus this was a stressful situation and we're talking about stress today so I figured I'd share this story with you so do you ever go through all the hoops all the checklists and just check every box get the quotes read the reviews and just do all you can to find a great company to do work for you or to work on something for you only to find out when they finish the job, the work they did is absolute shit. It's just garbage, right? Well, this had happened to me the other week. I had some roof repair done on my house. I mean, not really roof repair, but it was just some flashing stuff done to get the damn critters from crawling into my attic and building nests and doing all that kind of stuff. It's been pissing me off lately. So I finally like, okay, I'm going to just take care of it, pay this company and have them fix the problem. Easy peasy, right? So like I said, I do all the vetting. I get all my ducks in a row. I talk to this project manager from this company. We agree on what they want to do and what I want. Installation is kind of a big deal. And, you know, I mean, I want it done right. So we go through everything. We're on the same page. I go over it with him. I talk to him on the phone. He comes up to my house. So I agree. I sign a contract. I pay half of the two grand to get this job started, right? So then we got to schedule out, wait a couple of weeks. Well, the crew shows up. They show up at 4.45 p.m. Like who shows up at 4.45 p.m. to do a roofing job? I mean, it gets dark, I don't know, around here at what, 5.30? So I'm thinking the workday's almost over, dude. Like what are you doing here? I go outside, I try to chat with them and talk to them. And of course, they're not giving me the time of day. They don't even really want to say anything to me. So I go for a walk with my wife. They get started. They're working and working. They're working now into the dark. It's freaking dark outside. 
I mean, what in the hell are roofers doing working in the dark? How can you see what you're doing? Plus, don't even get me started on the danger. You know what I mean? So now morning comes. You know, they got their job done in the night. They leave. Morning comes. Of course, I got to go out there. I got to put the ladder up. I got to, you know, see what's going on. I feel confident because I had all the discussions with roofing project manager dude. I think everything's going to be fine. So I go out there, get the ladder up, start looking around. Not so fast. Like I said, it's shit. It's just shit. I don't know what else to say. It's just trash work. I checked over a few spots on my roof that I could see. And it's exactly how I told the guy not to do it. It's exactly how we agreed it would not be done. And I'm just, at this point, I'm kind of laughing. It's kind of funny. But at the same time, I'm so pissed off. And I'm also worried. I'm starting to stress out. I'm worried, like, what am I going to do? Are they going to fix this? Are they going to say, nope, this is a normal install. Give me the, the other half of the money. So at this point, I'm, I laughed for a second, and now I'm freaking out. I'm stressed out, and I'm worried. So I take pictures of all the issues that I saw. I fire off an email to the, the project guy that I've been dealing with, stating everything that I saw with the pictures, how it's unacceptable work. You know, one of those emails that's not too mean, yet it gets the point across that, hey, I'm pissed off and we need to resolve this, right? Not an hour later, and he calls me, apologizing, telling me that, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that this is wrong. We didn't agree to this. I lined out the crew and and they, you know, did what they wanted to do. So he was going to get new guys to come out and take care of this job and, and do all this stuff and yada, 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 right? He's, you know, he says, I work for you. I want you to be happy, blah, blah, blah. So fingers crossed this happens. They were supposed to show up yesterday and they did not. So I need to call them today. So what does this mean? Do you catch more bees with honey? That uh, polite yet firm email maybe gets you farther than just freaking out? I don't know. If we're more respectable towards each other, then we're better off. Maybe all of the above? I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll wait and see if they actually show up or see what he says when I call him today. So hopefully this all works out. I'm still kind of stressed out about it, especially since they didn't show up yesterday. But uh, yeah, the point of that whole long-winded story is stress, right? Maybe inflammation. Maybe my blood vessels are all inflamed and, and I'm, uh, you know, freaking out here. But anyways, article time that I talked about getting into so this guy named Deepak Chopra, Chopra, I don't know. The only Chopras I know is that Priyanka lady, beautiful woman. Anyways, on fortune.com, I'll give the link in the description so you can check it out. They called Deepak the world leader in alternative medicine and meditation. And he states that the world's most pressing health problem is inflammation. He says when the body's immune system is alerted to anything foreign like pollen or microbes, it triggers an inflammatory response. And that acute inflammation is there to protect our body and help it heal. But when it persists, it turns into what? Turns into chronic inflammation, and that can cause serious health risks, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show. Chopra states that stress, depression, anxiety, and other diseases all stem from inflammation. Okay, that sounds good, but why? Like, how does that work? 
The article goes on to say stress can put the body in a state of chronic inflammation, and that can increase the risk of mental health issues as well as heart disease and Alzheimer's. And Chopper says that that's because of trauma. Hmm, okay. He says that anyone who's had trauma is likely to be inflamed. Well, like I mentioned, that sounds kind of broad. That just sounds kind of, you know, blanket statement. He says the rise in mental health and chronic stress is related to the body's response to trauma, and it can stem from generational isolation and other environmental factors. Well, he says since there's so much that we can't control, the best thing to do is to look inward on what we actually can change with lifestyle habits and other things like diet and exercise that we can control, those tangible things. We can't control what the news cycle tells us. We can't control other people, but we can control ourselves and how we treat our own bodies, right? He gets into five tips to reduce chronic inflammation that I'll get into here in a bit, but I need to do some more digging on this whole thing. I just don't want to dive right in on one person and believe everything they say. I think there's more to it or that not everything can be circled right back to inflammation. I don't know. Also, why is inflammation talked about like it's the plague? I mean, kind of thinking about it, and icing body parts from injury and doing the ice bath thing that I've talked about before, sports purposes and reducing inflammation, right? We hurt ourselves, we go to the doctor, sprain an ankle or whatever, and we're told to ice it and get the swelling down and, and move on. But I guess that wouldn't be chronic inflammation, would it? That would be what he said, which was acute inflammation, your body's response to an injury or a foreign thing taking care of itself. So I don't know, scratch that. Anyways, it's all kind of confusing though, right? I'm just trying to wrap my head around all this and, and uh, talk about something that I really know nothing about. So I'm trying to learn here and share with you my journey of learning, I guess, because I don't understand this much at all. I should probably talk to an expert next time. So instead of just taking Chopra's advice in that other article, which don't get me wrong, the five ideas he talks about, they're valid. I like them. I'm going to go through them here in a little bit. I just don't want to assume that that's the end all be all. I want to do my due diligence. So that's why I'm going to Harvard, harvardhealth.edu, actually. I found another article on there, and they talk about what's going on with inflammation and just how bad is it or is it bad. So let's read this and see kind of what they say about this whole thing. Harvard says that there are different types of inflammation. Acute, which comes up suddenly, lasts for a couple days or weeks, and then it settles back down again once the cause of the injury or infection or whatever is under control. And this is just the body's attempt at restoring health to a particular area. So allergy or poison ivy or a strained or pulled muscle, right, would fall into this category. The next is chronic, which is quite different than acute. It can develop for absolutely no reason. It can last a lifetime. It can cause harm rather than facilitating healing. And this type is often linked to chronic diseases like excess weight, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune diseases, cancers, and like Chopper said, stress. So, okay, cool. Both articles are on the same page. I'm on the same page. Very similar, right? We're all, we're all in agreement. Now, this Harvard article also gets into some myths and misconceptions about inflammation. I thought these were kind of interesting. The first myth they talk about is inflammation is the root cause to most modern illnesses. They say not so fast. Yes, a number of chronic diseases are accompanied by inflammation. And in a lot of cases, controlling that inflammation is an important part of the treatment. But they also say inflammation is not always the direct cause for most chronic diseases. Okay, that's interesting. 
And I would believe that. That's from freaking Harvard, right? The next myth is controlling chronic inflammation would eliminate most chronic diseases, kind of like what Chopper said. Not so, according to Harvard. Effective treatments typically target the cause of inflammation rather than suppressing it, they say. Sure, sometimes somebody with something like arthritis or some other disease, they may take anti-inflammatory medications to reduce their symptoms, but they will also take other medications that actually treat the conditions that are causing the inflammation. That makes a lot of sense, right? Am I, am I going through this? Am I talking too fast? I don't know. Okay, the last myth they talk about is anti-inflammatory diets or certain foods prevent disease by suppressing inflammation. They say, yes, it's true that some foods and diets are healthier than others. It's not clear their benefits are due to reducing inflammation, though. They continue saying switching from a typical Western diet to an anti-inflammatory one, such as a Mediterranean diet, improves health in multiple ways, and reducing inflammation is just one of the many possible ways. Yes, I read that word for word off of harvard.edu, okay? So the takeaway here is that inflammation is not the sole Grim Reaper killing people every single year. It's complicated, and we don't want to just abolish inflammation altogether, like what's kind of spun to us in articles and on social media and on even the news outlets. Harvard says that that would leave us vulnerable to deadly infections, and our bodies couldn't respond to things and recover from injuries. And we need to better understand what causes the inflammation and what causes it to become chronic. So there you go, Harvard. So back to Chopra's article on things to help, things to assist to combat chronic inflammation. The first one he mentions is sleep, sleep quality. He says sleep is vital for reducing stress and sleep deprivation is associated with increased inflammation. Okay, that sounds good. I mean, I know a lot of us adults are not getting enough sleep or good quality sleep. My kids get almost 12 hours. It's crazy. I get maybe six or seven, but that's also because I have terrible bad habits that I need to break. And Chopra actually mentions that here. Get a wind down routine, get off screens, read a book, practice mindfulness, little positive self-talk and sleep in a cool dark place. Next one he says is to de-stress. And when I initially read that, I was like, okay, that's easier said than done, right? But how do we do it? He says, take just a few minutes and do an activity that you actually enjoy. Do some deep breathing, almost meditation-like, I would guess. I don't know about that. I'm not much of a meditator. I don't know if I can sit down and do that. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe just walking out onto my deck with no screen, no phone, and just existing. Maybe that's kind of a form of meditation. Maybe you could try that. I don't know. He also says to practice gratitude because it calms the mind and can increase happiness levels. So, unplug from work, maybe? Go for walks, get some fresh air, go to the gym, blast some sick-ass music? That's always kind of uh, de-stressing. Go for a drive? I like to go for a drive sometimes, just clear my head and not have a radio on or anything and just be nice and quiet with a window down and just kind of cruise. I like that. Kind of helps me not worry about the day-to-day -day and other things I have going on. All right, next, he says, is to stay emotionally connected to others. He says positive relationships with others is associated with lower levels of inflammation. So finding ways to stay connected to others, either through community, volunteering, group activities can easily mitigate health risks. Maybe that's why I've been volunteering more at my kid's school. I've actually really stepped up and I'm trying to be there. Granted, 
I know it's because they want me to be there and they enjoy seeing me there. I'm actually volunteering for my youngest daughter's field trip in a couple of weeks, so that should be interesting. But yeah, maybe that's why I'm doing that. Being around more people, making those connections, it's all, you know, it's all good for you. Also, they didn't mention it in here, but I think they should have, and that's staying connected with your family and being close to your spouse and being engaged with your kids and just doing things together, just enjoying each other's company and not becoming disconnected, not being distracted all the time. I think that's really important in all aspects of life, actually. Also, don't forget about your buddies. Make and keep those deep connections with your guy friends. Call or text that friend you haven't heard from or talked to in a while. Maybe that's exactly what one or both of you need. Reach out. Say, hey man, how you doing? Make plans to go get a cocktail. Make plans to go do an activity together. It's all healthy, emotional connection. All right, the last one. Chopra mentions here is eat an anti-inflammatory diet. And I know, I know Harvard said that the benefits aren't clear, but I think it's a great start and something that's very controllable that all of us can do immediately. And I would think an anti-inflammatory diet is honestly just a healthy diet. I mean, if you read what a Mediterranean diet is, it's like fruits, veggies, good oils, and lean meat. I mean, it's pretty basic. It's not out of this world. It's not rocket science to figure that out. Cut out the pantry food, stop eating the processed garbage, stuff with tons of preservatives and all that junk in it. Even if it doesn't reduce inflammation, I guarantee it will make you feel better. I guarantee it's going to make you feel better after a while of eating it. Less sugar, less processed, just cleaner options. It's got the Justin stamp of approval on it. I guarantee it's going to make you feel better. I've always heard to stick to the outer aisles in the store, in the grocery store. Limit going down the middle ones because the outer aisles are usually the fresh vegetables, the meat department, the dairy department, and then uh, what else you have? Like the cheeses and creams and butters and things. And to avoid going down the middle ones because that's where all the stuff is at with the crazy high shelf life and the processed foods and, and all that that are not going to be your best choices. All good options here, right? All pretty simple stuff that we should already know. Honestly, we should, all of us should already know all these things. Good sleep, de-stress, positive connections with people, and eat better. Boom, like basic. Will these limit inflammation? Yeah, possibly they will. But I think it's a good start either way for anyone trying to do so, or even just to better your life, right? And the thing is, the bottom line, is we just need to take care of ourselves. And the older we get, the more I find myself saying that. I actually read one last article that I'm going to mention here, and it was on time, and it was about a guy named Jason who he came into the hospital complaining about some chest pain, minor chest pain. The guy was only 45 years old, healthy as a horse, didn't smoke or really drink that much, excellent health on paper, low cholesterol, good markers, everything like that. And the doctors actually thought, oh, maybe you just have acid reflux or maybe something like that. I don't know if they sent him home or if he stayed overnight in the hospital. But after they ran a few tests, they realized this dude was having a massive heart attack, like a massive heart attack. He had blockages in his arteries feeding his heart. It was just crazy. And, you know, I'm almost 42, and I feel like I fall in that category. I'm pretty healthy. I work out. I don't smoke. I don't drink excessively. Occasionally, not very often. So, 
just hearing stories like that, it really alarms me. It scares me, to be honest with you. And in that article, they state that low-level, what they call invisible inflammation, can simmer quietly in your body, in your blood, for normally healthy people. And that may be a common thread running through nearly all major diseases. And they also said lifestyle factors play a huge role. So just be mindful of what we put in our bodies. Make sure we don't live that sedentary life. Exercise regularly. It counters inflammation in many ways. So just keep up with that. And we just need to really take care of ourselves. Like I said, prioritize our health. We want to be around for a long time. We want to be around for our spouse for a long time. We want to be around for our kids for a long time, right? So let's just try to work on that. All right, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay Home Dads podcast. If you've dealt with inflammation, please reach out to me. Let me know what has and hasn't worked for you, or if you were able to do some non-medication things on your own, or have you tried any of the things that I listed here today. Also, next week is a holiday, so I may or may not be putting out a new episode next week. Honestly, I doubt I will be. I'll probably throw another dad classic up because I got family coming to town. It's going to be busy. We're going to have a lot of stuff going on. So in that case, actually, everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Have a, have a happy Thanksgiving. Make those positive connections with your family. Eat some great food. And uh, just uh, enjoy. Don't fight with the in-laws too much, okay? And also tell them to uh, check out this great podcast. All right. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all next week.